And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from the Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman. And just a note to our listeners out there, first of all, we appreciate you listening today. If at any point Ari gets a little more distracted than normal, it's a weekday in the middle of conference tournaments and hoops, Ari might have some specific interest in some college foot, college basketball games. Yeah. So we, we might not have our full Ari attention today. Is that fair to say, If Ari? you get a, a random F-bomb in the middle of the show, just forgive me. Um, I do okay. think that obviously I miss football, uh, and football is always king, but I do think that the first week of conference championship or conference tournament week in college basketball is underrated maybe one of the top three betting weeks of the year because it's, it's still, right. we're, we're in the middle of the week. It's noon. Uh, you know, there's a lot of games on TV. It's just a, it's just a great time. So we're going to talk about college football recruiting, um, but I have, you know, a few things going on over here too, where I can check in. Okay, good, good. So sorry for well, the profanity show today. in advance. Yeah. Good show today. I think um, we've got the number one player in the class of 2024 could be, Possibly, maybe close to a decision. Another notable quarterback in the class is committed to a Big Ten school. We're going to spend some time discussing the story that ran Wednesday in The Athletic. Our staff ranked the 69 Power 5 schools based on recruiting potential, a fun project. Ari and I will dive into that. We'll talk about our own rankings. We'll defend if if any of our picks need to, need to be defended, Ari, that is. And uh, we've got mailbag and we've got trivia. But all right, I guess the story of the week in the recruiting world is Dylan Raiola, the number one overall mm-hmm. player in the class and obviously the number one quarterback previously committed to Ohio State. A lot of Nebraska smoke in recent months. Visited L.A. last weekend and has, uh, from from our friends at 247, several of their recruiting analysts have put in a crystal ball for Dylan Raiola to mm-hmm. USC a lot of ways to go with this, but I don't know. Anytime the number one player in the country is about to make a decision or people think he's trending towards a school, it's news. You know, I, I think I'm going to maybe make our producer Cam's uh, job a little bit easier if he cuts a promo for this. But, like, I don't know if there is a recruiting coordinator in the country that would take Arch Manning over Dylan Rayola. You know, if you stripped all the things over it from a talent standpoint, like that is, is that heavy? Breaking news, Ari Wasserman, Dylan Raiola, better than Arch Manning. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I don't saying? know. I don't know what it's going to turn out to this look like This is the like man you called the most impactful recruit in the history. This is the Arch. Well, the, the, you there's the other most things. Impact. Yeah, because of, of what is, 
his name and what that recruitment meant for Texas. I don't think that he's the best quarterback recruit I've ever seen. I don't think that he's a bad one. I mean, I don't want people to sit back and be like, oh, he thinks Arch sucks. I don't think he stinks. He has a chance to, uh, you know, do some really good things at Texas. And it wouldn't surprise me if he won a Heisman eventually. But like when we're talking about raw talent or somebody who plays the position, you know, with the, the, the upside of it, like, I mean, we've got people comparing this kid to a young Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, I don't really get into comparisons, but like the, his size and athleticism is his ability as a two sport athlete, the strength of his arm, like all the measurables that make you a five star prospect, you know, maybe not coming from college football or professional football royalty, but just in general, you know, I think nuts and bolts, pure talent and athleticism. I don't know that it's particularly close. So, you know, the thing that kind of stinks about this whole thing is. Uh, he's probably just going to end up at USC and the drama of it's just going to be like, well, the next Caleb Williams is there. Like Lincoln, like to me, that's, you know, obviously the okay, entire let me butt in there. Let, let's say he commits to USC because his family ties to Nebraska and he's already decommitted once. And we know how this thing plays out. I mean, obviously if he commits to USC, I would still say he's probably going to go to USC, but I would not close the door on Nebraska. And I have, I, I have no knowledge of what's going on. What's he, what he's thinking, but because of those close family ties, you know, Matt rule is going to stay on him, stay involved. So sure. He could be committed yeah, for the next yeah, eight yeah, months, yeah. but it's not over. I'm just mean like if he goes to USC, like to yeah. me, that's the entire okay. blueprint for what makes USC, uh, you know what it is and what it's supposed to be under Lincoln Riley. And of course that would be a huge get. And Phoenix has been a pretty uh, lucrative place for, you know, out of state recruiting for, um, you know, some of the PAC 12 schools. So like, it makes sense geographically, but like, think about if the best player in the country went to Nebraska, how much better that would be like for everybody who's clamoring about parody in the sport and, um, you know, new teams getting in the mix here. It's like, if you want Nebraska to be really good, you know, this is the really good start for a new coach. Right. And there were some parallels being made to, um, Scott Frost's first quarterback commit. And, uh, um, what's it, Adrian Martinez. Martinez. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was kind of an apt observation. I think, you know, he had a really, but this is the number one player in the country, dude. Like, um, right. And I mean, you I wrote about like your mailbag were, this week. Yeah. How, yeah. In, what a great opportunity this is. Like if you're Matt rule, you in Nebraska, who recruits at a very good level. Anytime we're going to talk more about that when we get to our rankings, who recruits at a top 25 level. But honestly, you don't, you don't, you don't have quote unquote access to the number one quarterback in the country much. If you're in Nebraska, well, this he's, is the he's, only he's way that it happens. on the staff. Yeah. This is yeah. the only so way like, that it happens. Yeah. Right. And so like when you have this opportunity, it's like what, sometimes like programs get like once in a lifetime opportunities. Like it's not like the next, like Nebraska is even going to be in the final five for any other player that would be the number one overall player in the country. So like when you have this sliver of opportunity, you always want to see the schools uh, take advantage of it or, or uh, you know, cash in on that opportunity. Now, if if Rayola picks USC, it's like the most you can't blame Nebraska for that. Like if I were a five star right. quarterback, I, I think for without without a shadow of a doubt, I'd probably pick USC. Like, honestly, if you were one. There's no better place in the country to go. I mean, the track record of of what Lincoln Riley has done is just unparalleled. And the fact of the matter is, is it's in a really cool place to go to college. So, um, you know, Nebraska is going to 
really have to work itself maybe even more so than just, you know, the family ties, you, you know, you want to sell, you know, building back up a place that means so much to your family. And like, I, I try to put myself in that position too. It's like, if I were a athlete that everybody in the country wanted and I had deep family ties to a place, I might be inclined to do that, but it's like this push pool of, are you willing to go to a place that will, will develop you worse? in order to do that for your family is a very tough decision, you know, because there's no question. Well, I, I, I think, think it's a f- fact that Nebraska would do a worse job developing him than Lincoln Riley would. But it's all relative. You're still going to a great school with great tradition. And it's not like he's his dad is the head coach of a Mac school. And he's like, you know what? I mean, we see that in basketball a lot. In fact, Antoine Davis, the guy who just came close to beating um, P. Maravich's all-time scoring record went to go play for his dad at University of Detroit when he was going to go to Houston. Um, you know, he's Matt Rule is a very good coach. They have good. He will be if he goes there. He will be well coached. He will be developed. Now, is it Lincoln Riley? Mitch, Riley's I have a question for you. Yeah. Yes or no? Would Nebraska do a worse job developing quarterbacks, regardless of worse who isn't it is the right word? Okay, yeah, worse. Is. Okay, let, yes let's say no. on a scale yes. of one to ten. Let's say scale of one to ten. Let's say you call there's no perfect ten in development. Let's say you say Lincoln Riley's a nine point five. I think if he goes to Nebraska, he'll be a good play. He'll be developed, quote unquote, developed and in, in be an eight point five. Like this goes to the whole. So that's worse, right? Do, do you recruit NFL draft picks or you develop NFL draft picks? I think you recruit them. I think you recruit. I think, NFL I think draft Nebraska picks. is a good coaching staff. I think Nebraska is a good coaching staff. He's not going to a school who pays its assistant. It's quarterbacks coach $35,000. These are big-time coaches at a big-time program. I'm not saying that Nebraska's coaching staff is trash. I'm saying that if it is even one point on the Mitch Light scale worse, and it were my talent that I wanted to cultivate, I would want to go to a place that put me in the best position to win a Heisman Trophy and to be drafted in the first round. And Anthony Richardson two, might be a top-five pick. And it was, yeah. You're not understanding but it, like, I understand I'm not you saying completely. that there aren't success stories at other places that aren't USC. I'm saying that if I had a decision to make going into it, that I would choose the place that would develop me the best. And I'm not saying that you wouldn't I be understand a first that, round but draft the way pick you're fr- at Nebraska. The way you're framing I mean, it, like they would do a worse job. If he's as good would. as he thinks he is, he can still be the number one pick. He might not enjoy as much team success, but he can still be a great player. I'm not saying that he couldn't. I'm saying that if I were in his position, I would go to the place that would do it the best. I think he can go to he can go to Miami of Ohio and be the number one overall pick. That's not the point. The point is, I would go to the place that I know would do the best job with me. And like, it's not even a discussion. I I totally understand what you're saying. I don't even think that Nebraska. That I don't think that anybody would do better than USC. It's not a Nebraska thing. It's a what you. It's not an anti-Nebraska thought. It's I, a I, positive I thought to USC. So you know, to me, I think that in order for you for Nebraska to land this kid, he has to value the family ties and the familiarity more so than his own personal development. And that's not to say again that he wouldn't be developed. Of course he would. Anybody could be a first-round pick if they're that good. And but you would have to take a little bit from what your personal trajectory is. And I think that's, that's not a debate. That's just a fact, right? You can't go um, to a place we, that has a, has a, that hasn't had a first round pick at quarterback 
Because they and haven't had first-round talent at quarterback. I know, but are you saying that every the only reason why Lincoln Riley is good is because think about how many five-star prospects. No, he's a great. He's a great college quarterback. He's a great college coach, and there's no doubt about it. So we're we're, we're both an, we're both we're saying the same thing over fact and over. That USC is better at developing quarterbacks than Nebraska, regardless of who went to Nebraska. It's an undisputable fact. They've had better quarterbacks at USC to work with, or Lincoln Riley. It's not a USC thing. It's a Lincoln Riley thing. True, right? I mean, I mean USC has yeah. a great quarterback tradition, but like it's we're talking about Lincoln Riley. Okay, let, let's, and we're, let's move I on. I just want to say this last thing, Mitch. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you, you has don't anybody apologize. had a has we're anybody had here. a more dramatic transformation that you've seen than Jalen Hurts? And I'm not saying that's all Lincoln Riley, but I'm saying like he went from not very good passer at Arizona, at Alabama to transferring to Oklahoma and being a Heisman Trophy that, uh, He's probably and the then, best like, argument. now is one of the yeah. best quarterback in the NFL or top five. Yeah, he's probably the best example for your what you're saying because he's a guy that played for two different schools and sure, he matured and he progressed. But I, I, I mean, he was a great quarterback at Alabama. He was a good quarterback on a great team. I remember specifically watching a Mississippi State game once. I forgot it was home or the road. I forgot what year. And just thinking like, I don't have confidence that on third and 12, this guy's going to make the pass 15 yards downfield into a tight window. And now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's also progressed like, a lot it, once it, he got it, to the isn't NFL. Isn't it kind of crazy? And like a lot of that's Jalen Hurts too. Like I'm not just yeah. going to. Oh, yeah. You know, like what he did was Jalen Hurts. But sometimes this past season, I would watch that guy play. And I'd be like, this is the dude that got benched at halftime of the national championship game. And it's like really hard to reconcile that. And it's like, if I were a five-star prospect and I was sitting in Lincoln Riley's office or in his infinity pool in his backyard, all he would have to say is that. And I think that would be it for me. So, you know, listen, I'm rooting for Nebraska here. I want new blood. Right. I want, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to, to disparage them. I think if I were a quarterback, I would pick USC over Alabama. I think I would pick USC over Ohio State or other places that are going to have first-round picks at the quarterback position this year. I just think that that would be the ideal place to go, and if Nebraska is going to win that, they're going to have to do a hell of a job pursuing him and, and pulling on his heartstrings for family ties and, and connection to the university, and that's going to have to outweigh the sales pitch at USC, which is inex- like indisputably better than what yeah, Nebraska can we'll, sell from a football standpoint. And, and we'll move on. But one thing, too, and not to get all psychological about this, and if you're Nebraska, you want him on the dotted line, however you can get him. But also, if, you, if you're Matt Rule, you don't want to like – he doesn't want to go there for the wrong reasons and guilt him into going there and just, just going there to make his family happy. Like Because then he'll get there and he's not happy. It's like, And I think that's where the, the entire – they can sell the entire package of Nebraska. And you know, and the also thing, too, is like he could go to USC and like – Malachi Nelson might stay an extra year or like, I mean, he could transfer back. Like if he ever True. were to transfer like Nebraska would probably, cause like, I think Nebraska is an excellent place to transfer to anyway, regardless right. of ties. Uh, so, you know, if he transfers, that might mean that it didn't go the way that we thought it would. Um, but maybe it did. Like there've been great quarterbacks who have transferred. And I mean, hell like Caleb Williams, isn't it like 30% yeah. of like the first round draft picks at quarterback in the past four years have been transfers. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know something like that. Sure I mean, 66% of stats are made up offhand, but it seems like that would be the right number. Yeah, I mean, Max has obviously written, Max Olson's, our colleagues, obviously written a lot about that. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. A little less less high-profile quarterback, but still I like arguing with you, Mitch. It's nice. I like when we get into those. It's good podcasting. I think that it's... You should. Well, that, you that's I'm organic. Gonna, I mean, we didn't we didn't go into the saying I'm going to say this and you're going to say that. We're just you know. Yeah, I'm I'm over one today in college basketball bets. Who'd you lose? George Mason, first half. Okay, can you? How many coaches can you name of teams you bet? I couldn't name five players in all of college basketball, but I follow a system where somebody sends me plays. I don't. <laughs> these aren't me. I don't. Come How's up your with NASCAR betting I, going? How's your NASCAR betting? Can I? I I'm suggestion one for in you? NASCAR bets. If you bet on a guy, be sure his car works. Yeah, I'm Owen. I'm Owen one on NASCAR bets, and my one bet on NASCAR, my race car driver who was the second leading favorite to win's car didn't work. So <laughs> I think that's the last time I'm doing that again. He just got in his driveway, tried to turn his. It'd be like losing a basketball work. bet because they forgot to bring the balls to the game. Yeah, it happens. It happens a lot. In NASCAR, you think about how much know. money is invested in NASCAR. It's yeah. like this is a professional sport. <laughs> Like, how do they not? Like, I get it. Like, well, things go machinery. wrong with cars. No, I know, but like, think about how much money is at stake for an individual NASCAR driver and rate. You don't. Th- how do they? How does that happen? I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> do they not change the oil? Like, I mean, like, well, how does it happen? <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't know the extent. I don't know the extent of like the definition of his car didn't work. I know they have like things go wrong. Mitch, let like, me tell you I, this. I don't, I, what? Mitch. Yeah. If I offered you a million dollars in cash yes. to drive from Nashville to L.A. right now, yeah, and if your car breaks down, <laughs> you don't get the money? I'd go get the nicest, best you, car out there. We'd figure it out. Like, There's no possible way I that you would the, have a car that you breaks know how down. Good at, you know how good Lincoln Riley is at developing quarterbacks? My car would be the Lincoln Riley I'd, developed quarterback. You'd just go spend car. $75,000 on a, on a brand new car and drive it. Or hell, you could go. You could go spend thirty five thousand on a brand new Honda, and get there. 
Like, yeah, it's just like to me, it just blows my mind. I'm like, I'm still bitter about it. So we got to go on more. But um, I thought about you. I was disappointed in my daughter's business sense here. You know, my daughter Zoe's a senior at Vanderbilt. Yeah. And for the last home game, they had honky tonk night and they gave out cowboy hats with the Vanderbilt logo on them. They're pretty cool. And one of my friends from college texted me and said, if you, I'll give Zoe $100 for the cowboy hat and a bucket of beer at Satco, a local place. So I was like, okay, I'll relay the message. So Zoe's like, great. She's like, but I don't want to give my hat up. I was like, well, just find someone willing to sell your hat for 20 bucks and then you make an $80 profit. And she's like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, isn't that the first thing that would come to your mind? You're a businessman. Yeah, I mean, I would just, yeah. That seems pretty like, straightforward. Yeah. What's going on? Right, I was her? disappointed in her business savvy. She's the like, smartest she human did, being I've ever met in my entire right. life. What happened? But that that was a little disappointing there. I mean, just come on. There's other ways. You don't have to give up your own hat. So I was in Las okay. Vegas uh, over the weekend, and my buddy had a girl with us that he he had been seeing. And the <laughs> is it over? Morning, the way you said it. Or he's been seeing her. I don't, you know. Okay. You said had been seeing, like, you know, like it had a girl with. Has like, been seeing. Yeah. Maybe you just, maybe and you broke she, him up. We had breakfast plans the following morning and she wouldn't come to the breakfast plan because she went to a plant doctor. What? Have you ever heard of this? No. There's a plant in her house that is apparently <laughs> dying or not doing well. And she paid so- money to go to a person's house who's called a plant doctor. That is the biggest to scam rejuvenate I've ever heard this, of. To, but apparently it's a real thing. <laughs> what like they, they put actually water can on rejuvenate it? Is that what you do? The, you show know. up and you put water? I didn't go to medical school. I don't know what they do. <laughs> but she told me that the plant that she bought for 20 bucks is now worth 80. Okay? And I was what? like, that's a 400% increase <laughs> in value of this plant. Let's scale this shit. I mean, let's, right. it's like I was, ready, I was ready to buy a thousand twenty dollar plants. She bought a three star plant and now has a five star plant. Yeah, and like I don't know Stars why matter. it's eighty now instead of twenty. I don't. I don't Doesn't even know. She's full of crap. I don't know. But like the first thing that anybody ever says, like I, my first thing is like let's let's figure something out here on a way that we can flip this thing. Right. I'll, there you I'll go. flip a plant. You'll flip a cowboy. Well, Zoe I'll will flip, flip a cowboy hat. hat. Yeah. There you go. All right. Um. Marcus Davila, De- business school. So yeah, the true Marcus Davila or Davila. I guess it's Davila when you say D A V I L A. Um, yeah, quarterback from West Texas, West Texas from Midland had been committed to TCU, recently committed to Purdue. Um, he's a on three and rivals have him, have him as a top fifty guy, both number fourteen overall. Two four seven has him at twenty number twenty two quarterback. So a little differing opinion. I'm sure he'll be evaluated. He'll go to camps and all that stuff. But this one just jumped out to both of us. Um, a kid from West Texas going to West Lafayette, Indiana to play uh, Purdue. There's a connection, I guess. Graham Harrell, uh, Texas Tech quarterback, I believe, from West Texas, is the offensive coordinator there. First of all, I just always find quarterback commitments in any time of the year fascinating because it's kind of the, the dominoes are falling and all that stuff. But this one just, you know, you agree with me. It was just kind of like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm talking to his quarterback coach this afternoon. So I'm going to try to figure out what's going on there. But the Graham Harrell uh, situation of how they found a kid from Midland, <laughs> you know, kind of makes a lot of sense there. Um, is Midland the city in Texas that's most like West Lafayette? In, in is like Midland is, it, is Texas is West, West Lafayette, Lafayette of Texas? 
I, I yeah. don't know. I've been to West Lafayette. I've, I've never been to Midland. I've been to both places. I don't know if, you know, Midland. What is were like you doing in Midland? Just driving through? Driving through, yeah. Yeah. I went to a Cheddar's there. You ever been to Cheddar's? No, I know what it is. So it's like a, like a cracker. It's like girl, a right? Chili's type place. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, and I, I went by the Permian, Permian High School too because yeah. I liked Friday Night Lights. But yeah. Midland, Odessa are like right next to each other. So. Uh, well, I don't think they're I, right. I think they're they're next to each other, but they're far away, I believe, because it's like West I think Texas. they're like twenty minutes from each other, right? Midland to Odessa. Your your geography you might be right here, but your geography track record is all oh. All right. Twenty miles, twenty eight minutes. You're right. Yeah. How is yeah. twenty miles, twenty eight minutes in West Texas? Like I think you can go. I think it's because yeah. you can yeah. It's on the interstate, so it is okay. funny to Did me that whenever that you type close. in a s whenever you when you type in uh, a place it takes you to the Capitol building. Like if oh, you that were just that's, like that's type the center in of town, like okay. Memphis. If you just typed in Memphis into your GPS to drive from Nashville, you would like wind up at the Capitol building for Memphis or the oh, the government building, whatever. I didn't know that. Um, so it's probably 28 minutes because it's government building to government building. Yeah. Okay. But if you if so you're driving on the highway and you know from exit to exit, it's probably only 20 minutes. Yeah. So eight of the. Uh, there are eight top 100 quarterbacks in the 247 composite. Three of them, only three of the eight are committed now. Uh, Julian Sayan, number two to Alabama. DJ Lagway, the number three quarterback who you wrote about, uh, to Florida. And CJ Carr, number five to Notre Dame. So still, you know, obviously we've talked about Dylan Rayola. Still still some, uh, um, some, some quarterback dominoes to fall, but we're still relatively Jayden early. Davis. Is yes. interesting. I, I I wish I were. Yeah, we talked about him a lot Grace. with Austin Meek last week. If I were Grace, I would try to get there. Yeah, I hope she's listening because that would be a story. Well, that she's not so listening well. right now because we're not live. But um, we're not. Hopefully, she's. Hopefully All right, let me take off my listener. shirt then. Yeah. Well, I mean, there still might be a camera on us, but we're not live. There's a difference. People could still oh. see. You know. Okay. You okay? Yeah. All okay, right. I'm some, putting it back on. Speaking of Grace, North Carolina graduate, um, two commits from North Carolina this past week, uh, three-star athlete Kilio Coley from Arden, North Carolina, number 700 overall, and then Davian Gauss, number, uh, a four-star running back from Chaminade Madonna Prep in Hollywood, Florida. Pretty good offense, Ari. They've got a four-star running back. They've got a five-star wide receiver in Jeremiah Smith, who's committed to Ohio State, and then a five-star athlete who I believe most people think is a wide receiver, just shy Jashisa Trader, I believe it is, uh, number 250. Uh, yeah, so Goss is number 254. So pretty good offense there. Um, I don't yeah. know if the offense coordinator is there, but easy to dial up some plays. That Jeremiah um, Smith kid who might not end up at Ohio State is apparently like the most advanced receiver ever. Like, go watch his tape. Yeah, I've heard uh, he's, he's like small too, right? Good. I think he's like no, slight. I don't think he's small. No, okay. I thought tall and skinny, but maybe, I, maybe I'm confused with someone. Um, no, no. He's like the perfect specimen. He's okay. 6'3", 200 pounds. Okay. That's kind of skinny for... No, maybe not. Maybe not. You know how 247 does a comparison? Yeah. Like a player comparison for some players? His is Julio Jones, so... That's pretty good. So I guess he's not small. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they aimed um, high on this one. Yeah, so I uh, talked about Purdue already. They got the quarterback, and they also got a uh, three-star offensive tackle from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, Jordan King, number 898. LSU, two commitments. Four-star linebacker, Collage Cobbins from Destrahan, Louisiana, number 198 overall. And three-star edge, Abram or Aham, if I might have had a type of there, Bro. What a great LSU name. B-R-E-A-U-X. I think you have to go to LSU if that's your last name. 
Yeah, you do. I think there's like an NCAA rule for that. Yeah, and then here's a big one. Penn State four-star cornerback Kenneth Woosley from Imhotep in Philadelphia, number 366 overall. But that is a school that um, obviously Penn State has made an imp- – they are trying to recruit Philadelphia better, and that's one of the great schools, talent-producing states. So that's a significant – now, it's a good player, but just significant for them to get a guy like yeah. that over the Ohio States of the world, Notre Dame or Michigan, whoever, whoever might be. Also, Penn State's doing a hell of a lot better in Philadelphia than they had been previous few years. And I'm sure that uh, that Audrey is either working on or has written a story about that. But like Philadelphia and Penn State was kind of a weird. They couldn't right. get anybody in that city type type scenario for a while. And they've been doing much better at that. So props you know to Penn State for the improvement there. Back to Nebraska, Audrey, uh, Matt Rule, I mean, um, Mitch Sherman, our Nebraska writer, is going to be working on a story too. Matt Rule, who obviously coached at, played at Penn State, coached at Temple, is making a big push for Philadelphia as well. Um, so that's yeah. kind of interesting there to monitor. He's what working on that. He's there. working on that. It's on his to do list. Yeah, I love those stories. Like why? Like I, I, yeah. I don't know why. Like, well, what, that makes sense because it cause he went well, to he went to Temple, and that's yeah. He knows. Uh, he, you know, he know he knows the staff there. Um, I mean, he knows the high school coaches, I'm sure. I don't know where he's from. I think he's from New York State, but he was a walk-on at Pennsylvania at Penn State. Um, did you see Ohio State got a commitment today? Did you see that? I didn't, know. Three-star interior offensive lineman Mark Nave from Toledo, number 520 overall. Nice. In-state offensive lineman. Um, still working the Armstrong. We talked about the Armstrong uh, twins from Cleveland, St. Edward, a couple weeks ago. Um, it's obviously a, a key position for Ohio State. Well, m- more so, that I think they've done a pretty good job with the interior linemen. It's the, the tackles they're trying to get more of the the, the top 100 five-star guys. So um, we're starting to see, I don't know if it'll slow down again, Ari, but we're starting to see the past week or two, th- maybe three weeks, there's been some more commitments after a lull. There might be another lull coming up because we've got the camp season coming up. We'll see a lot of probably changes in the rankings, especially the quarterbacks as these guys hit the camps. I know we've had the Under Armour camps. Grace and Manny have written about Under Armour camps and Atlanta, IMG, and Orlando. You're going to one. Is it, where is it? Just Dallas? It's in Arlington. Okay. Uh, Sam Khan's coming up to go to it too. Oh, good. Good. Um, Yeah, it's going to be like last year there were like 15 or 20 Division I prospects there. So, um, It'll be cool to just kind of hang out and watch, watch, uh, watch the drills and talk to some of these guys. Get their parents in the in the stands and all that. It'll be fun. Yeah, and uh, I can't tell you how it's my favorite thing to do is go watch camps. Is it? Are you kidding? You love well, camps. I, there's other things I, I yeah. like to do more for real, but it's I, it's a nice experience to get out there and be near these guys. Well, in all seriousness, it is. You get to see these guys. Like I, I'm. I talk about recruiting basically, you know, from the, from the confines of my home office in the bonus room, like, you know, not that you're a talent evaluator, but talking to you and grace, like you guys, no, you get a feel for them. Like I'm not a, yeah, a talent evaluator, but I saw Deuce Robinson in person last year. I was like, right. That's crap. what I mean. Like, I mean like, right. yeah. So like grace has made the same point, like in her story, like Deuce, Rob- he just got, and you put in your mailbag, this, this dude's ready to play. Like you, that's the advantage of going out and seeing these kids in the camp setting is you're gonna see how they throw the ball, their physicality, all that stuff. So it's it's definitely great for you guys to get out there. Do you know what stuff. I think is kind of odd? A lot of things that the are elite kind of odd, but uh, Elite Eleven doesn't have a regional in Nashville. 
They did during the pandemic, right? When we first started working yeah. together. It was actually in Murphy's I always thought like Nashville would be the perfect place because there's a lot of connections and ties there. Maybe not Trent Dilfer's the head coach somewhere else now, but at UAB, but it's uh Where is, is there one anywhere in the south? Like there LA in Mar- March 26th. Um April 16th in Austin, which I'm going to try to go to. Um Orlando, Ohio, okay. Eugene, Oxford, Mississippi. I don't know how far away that is from uh, Nashville, but it's probably seven or eight hours, right? Uh, you, you got it. You had such a good. You're in such a good run of geography. You, you were one like, one in this pod. It's like four. Well, isn't isn't Memphis like three and a half hours away from M- Memphis? Nashville? Is three hours from Nashville. And Oxford's another hour. But you oh, can I go other ways. Me- too. I thought that Memphis would be like two and a half hours. Memphis is Memphis is exactly two hundred miles from Nashville. Yeah, basically. I've driven from Downtown. Nashville to Memphis a lot in my life. Yeah, but you can go. There's different ways to get from Nashville to Oxford. You don't have to go through Memphis. Um, and there's one in Atlanta. So, okay. So yeah, I wish there were one in Nashville. We could go together. I could get out there with you. I could go to the yeah. one in Atlanta, I guess. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, Ari, today on, or yesterday, I guess, at The Athletic, we had a uh, story where we ranked the college football, the, the, the 69 power five programs based on their recruiting potential. Um, and sort of beauty is, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. The, we had eight of us vote. The basic instructions were just some rankings we do, like ranking the program, we remove the head coach, remove it's like a blank slate. This is not a blank slate. We factor in the head coach. We factor in the facilities. We factor in location, definitely. We factor in NIL, which was sort of we don't know everyone's NIL, but we have an idea who's active, who's mm-hmm. not active and stuff. So we did this ranking. Uh, you can go to the Athletic to see, our, um, to see the 1 through 69 rankings. We, we divvied up the blurbs. I have out the, uh, each team's highest vote and lowest vote. But we can talk about our rankings right now. And we did not have the same number one. And you were kind yeah, of surprised. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. We had this discussion on the Andy Staples show. I don't know if I okay. had it with you. Um, I don't understand how you could pick Georgia right now. I don't I don't get it. So explain to me why, if you had to pick number one team, factoring coaches, how you could pick Georgia, number one. Okay. Like it's not the I biggest wrote- deal because Georgia's clearly number right. two if they're not one. <laughs> right. But I want to know what your rationale was for that. Okay, I wrote the Alabama blurb, even though I had Georgia number one, just the way it worked out. My Alabama blurb says, is it a bit strange that the program that has signed the number one class 10 times in the last 13 cycles, including in 2023, is not number one on our list? Yes, it is. But the team that is number one has won the last two national titles and is located in a state that produces far more blue chip prospects. That's my rationale right there. Going forward, I think, despite... Nick Saban's wizardry or whatever you want to say that Georgia is in a more advantageous slightly more. I mean, cause these are clearly one, two, and as you'd expect, everyone had one, two, these two teams, one, two, 
I think Georgia is in a better spot to recruit now. With everything you just said, they still have the the number one class. But they hadn't won the second national championship. They had, but not. They weren't. They hadn't recruited that class off of it. So um, again, like it's. I understand your rationale. I mean, the they're, about to sign is, the, well, they're trying. They're trying to. They're, they might sign the best class of all time in 2020. I'm not go. offended by it, but like, right. And I'm not I offended by yours nice, either. It, but I, I do think that it's a nice, insightful thought process of like. Do you think we're you overthinking? Had to take, no, no. I just like, is Nick Saban no longer the king of the sport? It's like, how, how do you automatically just not default to him? A year after another he's, team's like, won two like, national titles and it's located. I know, but it's been two Atlanta. weeks since they signed a class with fifteen top one hundred players in it. This is a recruit. I get this it. isn't yeah. the AP poll. This is this is recruiting. And okay, well, Georgia has not out recruited Alabama even in the midst of this. The defending national champions last year. Well, they did a couple years ago, like out, three years ago. Yeah, they are one of the teams. It was, was also the, the best year ever for. It was also the best year ever for talent in the state of Alabama. I know, but they only only get like four out of the eight or five out well, of the they, eight. They, they didn't picked, even go for they after all of the, them. They picked and chosen the ones they wanted because it was such a good pool. So they were able. I'm not. To, gonna, I don't think that Alabama's success this past year is predicated on what was in the state of Alabama. Like, go look at their class. It's absurd. Oh, I know. You know. Okay. You know what? And, and it's just like, but like, do you think that like, let's just say Nick Saban has ten more years? Okay. Yeah. Just for the sake of an argument. Nick Saban, 10 years from now, starting now, and Kirby Smart, 10 years from now, starting now. Yeah. At, at the same schools that they're at, who are you taking? For, I mean, for recruiting crowns? Just in general, who would you pick to run? Kirby like, who Smart. Who would you invest in? So you Kirby think Smart. that so but, Georgia has okay, surpassed put it this way, them to, in your mind? Yes, because they've won two national titles in a row. I'm going to put it in, I'm going to frame it in Ari's. Alabama's Ari, probably going to win it this year. Yeah, I'm going to, well, we don't know that. I'm going to put it in your own words. They are both the Lincoln Riley of quarterback development. But but I think right now, okay, they're both the Lincoln Riley of quarterback development and Lincoln and Kirby Smart's doing it at USC and Nick Saban's doing it in Norman, Oklahoma, your favorite place. Does that make sense? They're both incredible at it. One of them's in a slightly more Yeah, we're splitting spot. hairs here. Right. So that's why I want to move on incredible. because like this yeah. is I think every college football fan, anybody listening to this podcast who follows recruiting I, likes college football, they 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 unless you're a diehard of one school or the other, and even if you are, you should see both arguments. So I yeah, think there's I, more interesting also, debates to be had. But the interesting debate to me it really isn't so much about who's number one. It's our perception of Nick Saban, which I think is inherently interesting. Because like my perception of Nick Saban has changed slipping or been passed, that's a pretty cool thing to talk about. Okay, my my perception of Nick Saban hasn't changed at all. Like I think he is ten out of ten. I think Kirby Smart has joined him. Like I don't think he's passed him necessarily. I just think he is. My 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 voting Georgia number one is more about Georgia than it is like about Kirby Alabama. Smart might actually like do the same thing at Georgia that Alabama has done under Nick Saban. It would be, and we thought that Nick be, Saban, like the thing that he did, would never be dupli- duplicated. And it's like, well. Kirby Smart just won back-to-back national championships. He's going to sign the greatest class of all time this past, this this coming year. Like, it so then why didn't you have Georgia number already. one if he's about to sign the number one class of all because time? Because I'm still not. I, I don't. I haven't seen enough out of Georgia to not f- have my faith in Nick's. What's going on over there with the sound? Oh, sorry. Are you I, m- I, ruffling I, something? 
Yeah, I was trying to prop my rankings paper up on my computer to see better. I didn't realize it, it was making a lot of Every noise. time you do that, it sounds like a shotgun's being fired. Um, okay, sorry. I <laughs> I don't think I've seen enough out of Georgia to to no longer Not impressed by two straight national titles? That is a testament <laughs> of how great Alabama's been. I'm not saying that it's not I need to see a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. I do. Okay. You think it's crazy? Not, not, want to see not, impre- not impressed. You're not impressed. I am impressed, but that's a, <laughs> that's a respectful thought process based on what Nick Saban has done. Maybe you don't four national that titles in two in years. If they won four national championships in a row, that would be incredible. <laughs> we'll have a different discussion then. I don't think that two national titles in a row surpasses Nick Saban's greatness. That's not weird. I'm not saying for body of work it's passing right now. In the moment, I would rank Georgia as in a more advantageous spot for recruiting purposes. Not necessarily winning games. Okay, move on. Who did you have three? Oh, obviously, you had Ohio State three. Obviously. No doubt about it. (laughs) Obviously. Can I share a debate we had? I had Texas three. I have Texas three. I wish I shared the Slack exchange. You're like, I don't think... Stark is a dog enough of a recruiter to be ranking them third. I was like, they just signed the number three class. Well, here's the thing. Like, if this <laughs> ranking happened in 2005, they probably would have been three. They might have even been number two or one. The reason why they're not is because... Well, they are in Texas, my mind. Well, yeah, well, in, on my list, the reason why... I, I actually, you know what I had a struggle with? You had him seven, Whether, by the way. Which, which Texas team should go first? Yeah, I had Texas A&M six. So like I I put Texas ahead of A and M still, but that was a that was to me that was hard because we're taking NIL into account, we're taking coaching into account, and it's like, I mean, listen, Sark just got Arch Manning, you know, yeah, but Texas is so overpopulated with elite level talent now. I mean, uh, elite level coaches now that the talent is it's just harder to get it. Like every time, yeah. that, like. The reason why Texas is lower to me is because I had LSU three, by the way. If there's a five-star prospect Ohio in State the state. Three. Oh, sorry. I had LSU four. Five. The reason I did? Yes. Look at the sheet. USC I sent is you. four. I, oh, USC is four. Yeah. Yes. I gave you this list. You know, actually, you make you have me second second guessing my thought process here. Well, because I wanna, let me back up. I want to say this. You, the you said everything, this is tough, and this was tough. This whole thing is tough. Like, I did this rankings. I spent a lot of time, but it's the type of thing, if I would have started, like, a day before, I might have had, like, different rankings. It's like, whatever you're thinking at that time. And well, you also, go back too, and- we ranked them before we were able to talk them out with somebody. So that's... True. But the reason why I had Texas lower than I typically do is because if there was a five-star prospect in the state of Texas, it is not a foregone conclusion that that player will be a Longhorn. Whereas a five-star prospect in Louisiana, who isn't Arch Manning, goes to LSU nine times out of ten. Maybe even, you know, 99 times out of 100. A five-star prospect in the state of Ohio, though there aren't as many in Ohio as there are in Texas and Louisiana, is going to Ohio State. So, like, on top of just the tradition and the winning, it's like, how can you put a team that has been dog shit for 20 years as number three? Like it's because like that to me is part of it. Like that's part of it to me is like the potential me, of the me, program is always going to hold it back. If Texas were the Vince Young, Texas, they'd be number one, maybe, but they're not. Okay. They well, been. The, the, the reason I had them three was because they've been quote dog shit, like you said, and they've signed two f- straight five top five classes. So they have an extremely high they have. floor. And but so I have like, seven? What, what more do you want? What more do you want? They've signed two straight five top, top 10. Top, 
It's the only program no, I'm in saying, my top so like, 10 outside of... I'm not saying you have to have number three, but I don't see how you can really argue with them at number three when they just signed the number three class. Basically because other teams have out-recruited them and have had more success on the field during this time period. Like, how could you possibly okay, think that fair. Texas's ceiling as a recruiting program is higher than LSU or Ohio State's? They just signed like it, does, a better it doesn't class compute to me than, than both. They just signed a better class than both in their. Uh, they just. Well, signed why don't you just cut and recruit. paste last year's rankings as your I list? Didn't. Then? I didn't. It sounds like I'm it, just saying all for you what care that, about is what happened what last that, year. No, for what that program's potential is, and then I use that like I would think Texas has a potential to be a number one program. Obviously, we don't need to go through it all. They have not been. They've underachieved. So I said the potential of Texas with the recent success in recruiting. Like, if they haven't been good and they're still able to sign these top five classes consistently, I give them that there's a number three on my list for potential moving forward. Because, like, I have Ohio but State But if Texas four, actually LSU reached five. their potential, they would be LSU. So why would you rank them ahead of them? Doesn't make any sense to me. But, I mean... It doesn't I make any like, sense do you, do you to you that, that... Do you think that Texas could be Alabama? Is that why? Sure. They could be if they ever got their act it's together. It's never happened they, in they, the history of the right. hundred years of their program. So I don't know why right. I can't take into account like what I mean. Anybody could have uh, the number one program in the. I mean, Florida State could be that again uh, if you really want to like think about the ceiling. Of, but like you have to take into account the hundred years. But we're not of, talking of, about Michigan and its potential, and they haven't recruited that level. We're talking about a program that has recruited that level recently. So that's why that's. Yeah, and Texas has Texas is a very good recruiting program, but I think putting them at six or seven is an illustration of that. So you, you, know, you would still put them lower than what they've recruited at on average over the last five years, even though they haven't been good on the field. So their potential is worse than they've done, is what you're saying. I mean, I guess you could make the point that they should be a spot or two higher on my list. There's no possible way in hell they're going ahead of Ohio State and LSU on my list. None. Okay, that's fair. No, that, I mean, yeah. tiers, I think... Other people voted differently, Ari, but we both have, I mean, Georgia and Alabama are in a tier by themselves, and I think te- as recruiting programs, I think Texas, LSU, well, no, I don't know what the next tier is. I mean, to me, it's Texas, Ohio State, and LSU is my, are my next tier, then a gap, and then Texas A&M, USC. USC is interting because of their location. You know location. what I love about this discussion? What? We Texas could spend fans two like, hours yeah, on this, Mitch. By the way. Yeah, Mitch, yeah. and then LSU fans are like, yeah, Ari, it's like, the, like depending on who you root for oh, yeah. i guess your perspective changes and like listen this is an inig- this is a awesome. debate it's all hypothetical like it's hard it's it's a really hard thing but texas has also had down years too during their their average yeah you know their average so, i mean they've had down years in their recruiting output and lsu has been fairly consistent so right um, i think usc is one of the most interesting ones that you have four i have seven what was our consensus on usc was six because the location's obviously great their recruiting history but they haven't quite figured out well not figure out they they figured it out they just aren't doing it they're not playing the nil game for like recruiting purposes they're doing a good job in transfers but they've also had to can i use an re word they've had some dog shit classes recently mostly because <laughs> of transition years and not signing many guys like when they sign guys are usually pretty good it's just they're not signing big class so i think yeah. usc and miami are, and i've got miami eight you've got miami six were interesting because they're kind of those traditional powers in great spots one's very active nil one's not one went, you know one had a great season on the field one did not so it's just like those those are just I didn't those take, are always gonna be i didn't 
I didn't take NIL into a huge account for everybody, but it did play a factor for the programs that are currently winning the battle right now. Like, I didn't think about Texas's NIL strategy when I was ranking Texas, but I thought about A&M's, right? Like, is that fair? Yeah. Because A&M has shown. I mean, we just know more about A&M's. Like, more of a, a, a willingness to participate in that space. Miami was boosted on my list as a result of that. And mine too. Geography and NIL together, um, you know, with people who were ready to pay or willing to pay, I think, you know, boosts them up a little bit. And I think that my list would look differently if NIL did not exist. Yeah, so, if we did this two but, years ago, other yeah. this would have been more, it would have been easier to do because we don't really, we, it's very difficult to, how much do you factor in NIL? Yeah, if we did this two years ago, Miami would not be number six on my list. And they would not be number eight on my list. Um, no, okay. Here, I'm just bouncing around, so cut me off if you want to talk yeah, about Yeah, go ahead. Else. Yeah, go ahead. The most interesting one to me was Colorado. Mm-hmm. Because we saw, we got glimpses of what Dion can do. Cormani McLean, Dylan Edwards. They're not very active in NIL right now, but they've got a lot of other things to sell. I had them at 19. You had them at 15. I would have had them literally in the bottom five a year ago. And now their average is, they were one of the most, like, the most wide-ranging. I think we had them at, I'm scanning here, and we had them at 21. They had a vote as high as four and a vote as low as 35. What was your rationale for having Colorado at 15? I just think that Dion is going to be recruiting at a top 15 clip. Um, while he's there, look, I mean, I my rationale is a hundred percent tied to Dion. And if Dion didn't go, if he wasn't there, then they would be in the top. They don't know. They would even be in the top 40, top 50, even they'd be in the bottom five. Uh, Yeah. Don't you think so? Like for them to be 15, like, I mean, I just like the thing that I think is interesting about Dion Sanders is the, the, everything, the thought process of how long the, the, uh, novelty of his of the Dion experience how long that's going to take him like how far can he coast off that um and like he might coast on it a long time if the Dion experience means Colorado wins the Pac-12 in two years but if they stink in three or they're still like a 500-ish team I'm very curious like if we're like if Colorado is going to descend back into like the bottom because like a lot of the Dion stuff is hype and hype gets replaced by uh, rational thinking when the results don't match what the hype indicated it should be. So like this was kind of a gamble pick because right now I'm all high on Colorado. If in two years Colorado stinks, then I might think completely differently about it, you know? So, but there's no question that Dion Sanders put puts Colorado into high schools, into doorways that Colorado couldn't walk through in a million years without him as the head coach. And I think that having a dynamic personality as the head coach is like one of the most major battles of being a good recruiting program. So Colorado has an edge on mostly everybody in college football, just based on the unique nature of who's running their program right now. Yeah. Agree with you 100%. Um, One, the program that I had, and again, we, we, as you mentioned, Ari, we, we kind of second-guess ourselves if we thought things through or heard other arguments. We might have tweaked ours, but that's not how it worked. We submitted our rankings. 
I had Georgia Tech 35. Our average was 52. You had them 54. My rationale mm-hmm. was it's still it's in Atlanta. It's in the best other. It's in the best maybe metropolitan area in the country for talent. Has it okay, ever? Maybe. Has it ever mattered? Right. I know. Right. Well, here, here's my thinking too. They had a coach for 15 years or over how long who didn't care. Paul Johnson recruited to his system, ran the option, mm-hmm. wasn't recruiting quarterbacks, wasn't recruiting a lot of skill guys. So Jeff Collins tried to come in and play that game and it didn't work. So to me, the right coach, like Dion could have done it, but the, the, just a, the normal right coach can definitely be a top 35 recruiter at Georgia Tech because of the talent there. Atlanta in the maps, I'm opening it up. It's big. No, it's more about distance. It's close to Athens. It's close to Tuscaloosa. It's close to the South Carolina schools. Knoxville. Knoxville. It's close to Knoxville. Tennessee's, it's Tennessee's close to heyday. Tallahassee. It's yeah. close to Florida. It is so you're a, a lot of major it's a major recruiting ground for mostly every SEC power in the country. And as yeah, everyone So even if Georgia doesn't want someone in Atlanta because they're recruiting at such a high level, there are nine other SEC programs who are in that city. Now I get it. Going to Georgia Tech um, would be the quickest commute because you could walk there from a lot of the places that these guys live. But it's not the fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth best option. So, like, what I would say about Georgia Tech is, like, the only way that they will ever be good is if they get the undercover, the undercovered three-star prospects that nobody wants and they do a better job of evaluating. But that's the case for everybody. Like you could say, like, like I don't know how you could put Georgia Tech that high on your list, and then like completely ignore Houston's existence when literally that's they're both Power Five programs in major talented cities. Like, if you think that about Georgia Tech, then you should think about that about Houston. But until the, these programs ever use that as an advantage, like this is about projecting the future, but you have to use the information you had in the past in order to arrive at those thoughts. And, like, has Georgia Tech ever cleaned up in Atlanta? Like, ever? I mean, not re- not recently. Again, they did not have a coach who who targeted yeah. those types of Yeah, I mean, I feel like the only years. coach, I feel like if, if Deion Sanders were the head coach at Georgia Tech, which is what we talked about on the podcast before he took the Colorado job, like, Georgia Tech might be in the top 15 because right. you have geography and I feel like it would have been a great fit, you know, just based on, like, the access to players for Deion. Um, but I don't know, short of hiring a recognizable name that you could buy into. I mean, like Jeff Collins put the area code on the helmet and, you know, had the hashtags and all that stuff and it didn't work. So to me, like, it's just like not there, you know, until okay, you so can hire a coach uh, that that can like capitalize on I, it. But I don't know if Georgia Tech's ever going to be able to hire that guy. Right. Deion Sanders is kind of a, a one of one type coach as far as changing a team's recruiting profile. I think someone like James Franklin could recruit very, very well at Georgia Tech. Yeah, or like maybe the thing that Deion Sanders did is, listen, you're right. Deion Sanders is not one of one. There are no, there are a lot of really good former athletes that are trying to be that. Like Eddie George is at Tennessee State. Ed Reed is is coaching now. Um, no, he's not. But he's not. No. Bethune-Cookman did not hire him. 
Oh. I did not know that. You don't remember that? Yeah. He Well, he kind of went off on him publicly. Oh, I thought that was after he got the job. Well, it was after he did get the job, but they nothing was official. No contract was signed, so they, they, they moved oh, on. Oh, I didn't see that part. Well, excuse me. I did not know that, so I am sorry. Um, <laughs> the... <laughs> uh, that's from uh, the movie uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin. If you uh, watch yes. it, you'll know what I'm talking about. I've, um, I've, it's probably been But I do think that the, I think that Deion Sanders, um, his personality matches the flash of him as a player. So I do think that there is something extra to him. But if I were Georgia Tech, I would go find the most famous athlete that ever came out of Atlanta, put him as in charge of the of the program and let him fire away the way that Dion does. Like, like I would try to duplicate that somehow because hiring Howard? random, random dude who is going to say he's going to own Georgia, but isn't like isn't the path there. I think they've got to do something special. Um, and uh, it's just not like you're I think you have him way too high. And it's like, I understand your respect for Atlanta, but it's just like it's not. It yeah, doesn't I, add again, up that's that's one of the ones that I think. I, I'm, I'm not going to say whiffed. If I had to redo it, they'd probably be in the low 40s for me, but I still think highly of their potential. Um, Houston, yeah, in, interesting, interestingly, was one of the ones that we were all, we have met in the 40s, I believe. Um, no, this isn't good podcasting. I've got, we've got it at 45. Like the, the, the highest vote was 38 and the lowest vote was 49, but like most of them were like, 41 through 46. It was just interesting. Houston and UCF for having, for both being new power five programs, there was a pretty consensus, pretty like we were all kind of on the same page there. Um, do you know who you had I do last? Th- I do think that there is a theory versus application issue here. It's like in theory, a team that's in the Orlando area or in the Houston area has the proximity to talent, but like there is a, a long-term building process that still needs to happen. Like you're not, they're, they're power be, five, but they're not power five yet. Like it's not power five. Even if they are, the conference isn't right. They don't have the brand. It's not like they're in the same conference as Texas and Oklahoma anymore. The concept right. of power five is going away as real realignment still happens. Like honestly speaking, and I hate to say this because like I lived in Ohio for a really long time and I know uh, you know how bad Cincinnati fans wanted to be in the power five, but like with the expanded playoff, like you could make the case that they're worse off in, in terms of making the playoff now than they were before they made the move. Cause they're going to have a harder schedule. There's no question, which is probably what they wanted, but they're also not going to be in a conference that has any more or less respect than the winner of the American would in, in today's society, right? Or in today's situation. <laughs> so, society. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like, is winning the Big yeah, 12 no, in 2026 going to be any different than winning the AAC last year? Like, yeah, Cincinnati made it to the I mean, playoffs. from the Baylor's AAC. Baylor's a good program. Kansas State's a, I, We don't need to spend time debating conferences. But I'm just I saying, like, saying, to me. I, I slightly disagree. They don't get. No, I mean, that was part of it for me. Like, I didn't they're a fact, Power 5 program. Because they're not. They're in another second-class uh, conference now. It's not the same. Like Power Five is a term from last year. It's not a term for the future. They're still in a conference that's not going to be looked upon as an elite conference in the future. But they're in a conference that's better than the one they were in. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's true. But better yeah. isn't putting them in the top thirty on this list. Right. Um, 
I had Washington State last. You had Syracuse last. Syracuse was last in our yeah. rankings. Pretty much a consensus. I think our, the highest vote was 66. The lowest vote was 69. Um, I guess not much to say there. We've talked about Syracuse. It's just from a geography standpoint, it's got a great tradition. Great teams in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, but just the, the way the landscape is shook out. That's the right way to say it. They're just not in a yeah. very good spot from a recruiting standpoint. And it's crazy because, like, I don't know. Like, I have mixed feelings about Dino Babers, but it's like they were pretty good last year, Syracuse. And they won 10 games, like, like three years, four years ago. Yeah. It's like they win a lot more games than they probably should under that guy. Like, I would, I would, you know, from a guy who's gotten results at a place that's otherwise hopeless, I think that he's a pretty good illustration of somebody I would take a look at if I were trying to hire someone. Yeah. And it's, it just tells you how how geography's changed, how the the college football world has changed. Because again, this was a consistent program. This was a cool school to play football. You know, Don McNabb. They they recruited Philadelphia. They recruited the Northeast well. They recruited Florida well. I'm sure a lot of their skill guys came from Florida back in the day. So just it's an interesting program there. So um, any other you're looking at our list here? Any other schools? I mean, we got a lot of SEC schools in the, in the 20s. One thing I'll say about the SEC schools: most of them they have very high floors. The Kentuckys of the world, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State—they're—they're um, they're never going to be in the 40s. Rarely going to be in the 40s. They—they—they can go through turmoil. They can go through coaching changes, and they often find themselves in the 20s at worst. Yeah, I mean, I, the the thing that stood out to me the most when I was reading it, or uh, one of the things, and like we don't have Grace on, but she ranked Oregon four, and I'd like to know, like, will you tell everybody like what her thought process was there? And we both had them at 11. Do you think they should be higher? That was one that um, if you probably would have told me before, where's Oregon to be ranked for you? I probably would have said like in the top 10, but then when you're actually doing the ranking, it's yeah. like, where do you put them? I mean, I did talk to Grace. This. Her, it was, you know, they, they recruited very well this past year. What was their class? Six, seven, seven, maybe? Or was it lower? Yeah. But whatever. Made some big splashes. They're very aggressive in the NIL game. And they got a coach. Uh, you wrote about it. You know, they're, they're yeah. quote unquote SEC mentality. So Oregon four doesn't really jump out to me until you see what teams they're ahead of. So like it's, it was a little surprising, but not, I don't think it's anything crazy about it. But it makes Oregon me consider four. maybe 11 was too low. Yeah. But who on your list, who would you, I would not, I have, I have Tennessee 10. I wouldn't have them ahead of Tennessee, you know, Florida nine, Miami eight, USC seven. I don't know who I'd have them ahead of. Yeah. I've got Clemson 13. Like, yeah, yeah. And then they're, quote, bad recruit. You know, they haven't recruited great the last couple of years. And what were they, 11 or 12 this year? Like, I feel bad about, like, not, like, bad about it, but I feel weird about having some of these teams as low as I did. It's like, yeah, well, I would encourage people to go read it. Because um, there's a lot <laughs> of people your own. who got wound up. Do you see up. how difficult it is? It's And we're, yeah, we're going to do this own. every year. We're going to do this every year because things will change. Yeah. We should do it every week. Did you see one of the right? commenters called us the BuzzFeed of college football? In no. the comments? It really bothered we, me. I didn't like that. We just, we like to have fun. This was a fun thing to do. It's yeah, the off season. Take it easy, people, people. who cover college football. Like, I mean, God forbid we, we're expertise. doing stuff that people want to want to read. Is that, yeah. is that the BuzzFeed? I mean, yeah. Certain, uh, it was my idea. Comments. There are certain yeah. comments that irk me. And I'm trying better to not... Uh, not be or not respond. Yeah. But it's like if I wanted to create a list of of this, which I think people find interesting, 
I probably ask eight people who cover it every day to rank them. <laughs> right. You know, right. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what people want from us sometimes, but um, I okay, appreciated gonna, the idea. I thought it was good. Um, I thought that was a good show. Do we yeah, have a trivia oh, question done, or are you going to let me go watch college basketball? I got a couple things I want to ask you. Where did you don't look at your sheet? Okay. Mm-hmm. Where'd you have Indiana? I'm just picking random schools. If you can remember where you ranked oh them. I couldn't. I mean, I probably how wouldn't could I do possibly good. do this. <laughs> I don't uh, want to make you look 40s? bad. You're 58. I don't want to make you look bad because it's hard. Yeah. Okay. You ready for a little trivia? Okay, keep doing it. Huh? Keep asking a few more. A few more. Okay. It's just a nice illustration of how hard this is. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Because when you put all the teams in front of you. Oh, Pittsburgh. Probably in the mid 30s. 42. Low 40s. Yeah. 42. Um, Texas Tech. Mm. <laughs> uh, mid to <laughs> low 40s. 43. There you go. Yeah. Your, our, your opinion of Texas Tech recruiting will always be influenced by Calvin Simpson Hunt. Right? I think that they have an <laughs> awesome plan. If they are too good at it, they're going to get stomped. Right. Like, yeah. And that sucks. <laughs> like, it's like if you're too good at what you do. They can't be the Lincoln Riley of quarterback it's evaluators, like the, right? It's like the, it's like the inverse developers. of like the way life right. works. <laughs> right. It's like if you're like, the best at something, you're supposed to be rewarded for it. Right. They, they like it's just bad luck for them that Calvin Simpson Hunt was so good. Like when they found him is like when they needed him to stay like from a development. But from like a the thing about standpoint. their their strategy is. Texas Tech wants these crazy athletic dudes. And they offer them very early. And they might get commitments very early. But crazy athletic dudes as sophomores go through puberty. <laughs> And then they get even more crazy athletic. And what do the big dogs want the most? Crazy Crazy athletic athletic post-pubescent studs. And it's like, if you get that commitment and then Ohio State comes or Florida or Georgia, you're screwed. It's like you almost have to like root for the regression or a late bloomer. And even then, when they get to college, they can transfer. Well, I've heard college basketball I don't even know what you... Say this. I know a college basketball coach who had a commitment and was watching his guy over the summer. And the kid at a, like an AAU tournament, a bunch of coaches were there, and the kid wasn't playing well, and he was psyched because he knew how good yeah. he was, and he didn't want him playing well. You almost got a like, rooting. I mean, I wrote about that with Mizzou, and they got Tyler Macon that one yeah. year, and that didn't turn out to work out. But it's like they're <laughs> right. almost rooting for them to fail right. when they're in high school. Because they you're know they're an, too you're good. You're rooting for an injury them. that doesn't have long-term effects on the kid. Yeah, basically. it's like, oh, I, I hope I can get somebody when they're a junior, and then they just tear their ACL in their senior year, so nobody notices how good they are. <laughs> it's yeah. like a really uncomfortable position to be in. It's like, I love their plan. <laughs> Great plan. Don't be too good at it. Yeah. I just don't know in theory if it's an ex- executable plan long-term. Yeah. All right, I have a very simple trivia question. A lot of times they take me a long time. I'm doing data. I'm coming up with something i just kind of stumbled you were lazy this, this week okay no I, I i'm defending my the simplicity of it because i think it's a good one but it didn't take me long okay. to, to come up with how many teams have had just one no okay i'm gonna make it even easier there is only one team that over the last 10 years 10 cycles has had just one top 10 class Understand, like only one team fits in this criteria. Yeah. They, who is it? This is that's hard. Uh, can I look at the teams? Sure. 
Yeah, you can look at. I think I know who it is. Okay, who? Ole Miss. No, they had multiple. They did. Okay, because, yeah, it was at the uh, tail end of. They had the Laramie Tunsil. Uh, yeah. Um, I thought I'm you were going to get it. Like, I'm trying to think of outliers that have had top ten classes in the last 10 years that we haven't seen very often. Uh, is it Stanford? It is not. Okay. Although I think they had a top 25 class. They did have a top, they have a top 10 class in 2012. So did it go back? Yeah, that? so that's oh, that's, before. that's, yeah. that's before. Okay. Uh, yeah. Time's going quickly, you? bud. Yeah. Just tell me. Yeah. You CLA mm. number seven in 2013, 10 years ago, 10 cycles. Good for them. Uh, I do think that they should oh, be like, where did you have them on your list? Wait, I might've screwed up my question. Oh my God, Mitch. I know I'm s- struggling because if, yeah, the, no, because if I'm including the 2023, 10 cycles would be 2000, it would go down to 2014. Maybe I just wrote down the, the year they had it wrong. So hold on a second. Um, but UCLA, yeah, we didn't talk about UCLA earlier. That is, that is one of the more, uh, UCLA uh, is the top 30 for me, so. Okay, my question is null and void. They had a top, so no program has had only one top 10 class over the last 10 years. I apologize. Okay, well, that's a cool stat. You want to hear a fun stat that's not wrong? Wait, 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 wait. You know know what the answer is? What? I didn't have to tell you this. I'm going to make you look good. The Ole Miss Rebels, when I recalibrated my last 10, they had one top 10 class, so you were right, Ari. So I nailed it. You got it, baby. Yeah, I knew they had that one great class. I didn't know that they had another top 10 class. Um, look at me. God, I'm awesome. They had, the number, they had the number eight class in 2013, which is before yeah. 10 years. was 11 years. And then they had the number five class in 2016. Good for them. Um, I looked up for my mailbag this week. I actually looked up the yeah. stat. Can you believe it? Um, Not really, but go ahead. Nebraska hasn't signed a five-star prospect for 20 years. Right. Marlon Lucky, running back. That is a long time. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. I think that's we, – we, when we had Max on, I think that was one of our – part of our trivia question at one point. So, um, Yeah, like you would yeah. think that they would have at some point. Yeah. Not a lot of five-stars coming through Omaha. So. Yeah. All right. Well, or, or, that was a fun episode, Mitch. If you haven't read the story, guys, uh, the whole rankings and the highest and lowest of – and all the blurbs of our reasoning are on there. Go check it out at The Athletic. Thank you so much for listening to Stars Matter. We will catch you guys next week. <laughs>